Yes, so I've seen uh, all those uh, fundings that you've mentioned. In the beginning of my career, the fundraise seemed almost the end game, right? It's, oh man, we raised all this money and it's <laughs> awesome, let's celebrate. And now you might appreciate this. The fundraise is kind of like, it's, it's the start. It's, it's like when you get in front of all your family and friends and you're like, I'm getting married today. So yes. let's celebrate that. But actually, that's the beginning of the relationship. That's not, yes. you know, an end in and of itself. It's a yeah. celebration. It's not an end point. <laughs> yeah. But really, you want to say, okay, how are we going to apply these funds? You probably have some idea of that already. But once that funding is secure, you want to take the time to think, okay, how are we going to go forward with all of our plans and both think of it in terms of externality, but also internal structure. That's my bias, of course, is how are you going to build a company around your plans? How are you going to really activate your vision? So you go from hallucination to reality and make it all come together. Hello, dreamers and action takers. Welcome to another episode of the Want Money, Got Money podcast. I'm your host, Sam Kamani, and my guest today for this episode is Benjamin Friedman. Benjamin is a fractional CFO, so he helps startups that have just raised some money or those startups who have revenue and want to take their startup to the next stage. So let's get into it. Benjamin, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. I would say you are the first CFO that I am interviewing and I have always wanted to learn a bit more on this side of, of a tech startup. In fact, yesterday I was interviewing a CEO of a startup here in New Zealand for my podcast and he talked about the importance of having his co-founder who is from a finance background, who has worked as a CFO for a large um, corporation and all the, all the knowledge he brings and that is saving them so much money and time and making their path so much more easier. So yeah, so tell me about what you are up to these days and, and what you do and how you got, and got to become a CFO and all that. Yeah, sure. So I appreciate the segue and it's great to talk with you here. I know we've spoken before, but this is a great opportunity. I fell into uh, finance and operations at startups, basically out of graduate school. I actually thought that I would be doing nonprofit management and that was my first gig. But only as a reflection of that place, I wouldn't say it applies to all nonprofits, but we were very process oriented and we would discuss things for a long time. And I found that there was this burning desire within me to actually reach towards results. You mm-hmm. take some time to discuss and contemplate and think about the repercussions, but eventually you have to move forward and then evaluate the results. And so I took it upon myself to shift gears. And it was actually uh, interesting in retrospect because the choices of jobs were between uh, Lehman Brothers and a generically named startup with about 30 people. And I and my family thought I was making a risky choice by becoming finance manager there at the startup, but it turned out to be a wonderful experience. I was exposed to so many things. That company doubled both in revenues and size every year for three years, and then it got acquired by First Data. Uh, Of course, the history books tell us what happened to Lehman Brothers, (laughs) and uh, it gave me the real bug to be in a startup environment. And so I moved... Uh, from company to company, but always uh, at a point of inflection when they were really yeah. ready to grow and take off. 
Yep, that is amazing. How do you find these companies with who are at the point of inflection? Yeah, typically they're looking for their first hire in finance and operations. They might title it on one side or the other, but they're often looking for someone to handle both. That's the nature of startups and it makes sense to have someone come in at the point they're at and really think through, okay, if all these revenues are coming in or we just got a round of funding, how are we going to efficiently apply these funds or recognize these revenues in a way that we're growing smartly but quickly? And uh, they really uh, are looking for someone to focus on that side while they look at product development and business expansion. Yep, makes sense. You have worked with quite a few startups over the last few years, and you live and breathe pretty much startups. What mistake do you see early stage tech startup founders making when it comes to the the financial and operation side of, of their business? Sure. So I think on a tactical level, of course, there's cash flow. We've become brutally aware of that this year. So I won't go into that too far. I think operationally as well, it's really taking the time to prioritize On a strategic level, I see again and again, founders get into it. Uh, They believe that they have a cause, a passion, and that's definitely true, but they don't necessarily know themselves well enough to understand the origins of that. Does that passion derive from an issue that happened in their family? Is it coming from a, a place of fear? Really, what is underneath that level of passion And I bring that up because most founders run into uh, the obstacle of growth at some point. The the ceiling of success, if you want to call it that, where they hit a point where they become the company's worst obstacle. And a number of founders recognize that and are able to move on through some tough uh, decisions and personal growth. And other founders never quite put their finger on that. But those are the types of issues I see running into. Yeah, that's very interesting. So at that that stage, would you recommend that they should get in someone else in to help the startup out? So appoint a new CEO or or move aside and appoint someone in their place, like an, a better CTO, because as projects grow, the, the size and the complexity changes and the skills required change. So oftentimes that's the case. I, I think that it's important on founders and, and really all of us, Sam, to take the time to be self-aware. And there's two paths really to do that. One is uh, internally really to evaluate your own progress. Look at your goals in life and are your behaviors aligned with those goals? Are you spending the time and the energy towards what you really want to accomplish in life? And then there's external feedback. It's talking with people in the company, advisors, close friends who can be supportive but critical and really Really give you that feedback and checking with them. Maybe it's quarterly, maybe it's a couple times a year, but getting that type of feedback. And then when you start to see evidence of you're getting in the company's way, then you have to decide, is it something you want to push through? And there's some founders who have done that, or do you want to supplement that and augment that? Uh, the most famous example being Mark Zuckerberg, bringing in Sheryl Sandberg to really help yes. him take Facebook to that level. Yeah, that's very interesting. If you had to start your journey all over over again, straight out of college, university, what would you do differently? 
Wow, that's an interesting question. So on the one hand, I try not to you know, dwell on what I could have done differently because a lot yeah. of the bad experiences are so informative. But I guess another way to answer that is I would have really sought out mentors, advisors, people who were blunt with me and not necessarily to the point of trying to harm me or make my life miserable, but the people who are willing to say, hey, you're doing this wrong or you could do this better, I would have sought them out more actively at a younger age so that I could get that feedback that would really guide me towards my strengths. Yep. And how do you find these people? (laughs) Yeah. No, that's a good question. You have to determine where you think your path is in life. If you want to be a founder, who's running a company comparable to yours, but maybe they're a couple of stages ahead. Maybe they've gotten the round of funding that you expect, or they're the size that you would like to be and really be sincere with them and ask if they might spend some time with you and give you some feedback based on some pressing issues. Find a way to connect with them. Another way is through your advisors to see if they're willing to be candid. Some are, and some are, it's harder for them to focus on one particular investment. And then finally, it's peers and friends. We have a lot of people who support us no matter what. Even if we're the jerk in the bar, they'll tell us it's okay, we're fine. But we need those people who would look us in the eye and say, hey, you know what? You were the jerk in the bar. You got to recognize what you're doing there. And maybe they have context with what we're doing, but it's not necessary. In about five to 10 minutes, we can get people up to speed with what's on our mind and what's bothering us. And that different perspective is helpful. So it's most important to find somebody who's going to be brutally candid with you, but to the point of also being supportive. Yeah, that is excellent advice, I have to say. I have a couple more questions. And you just talked about funding. Has any of your startups gone through that you work for as a COO or CFO, a funding round like seed funding, series A, series B, anything like that? Yes. So I've seen uh, all those uh, fundings that you've mentioned. It's exciting at any different point. It's interesting early in my career to to, uh, tie back to one of your earlier questions. In the beginning of my career, the fundraise seemed almost the end game, right? It's, oh man, we raised all this money and it's awesome. (laughs) Let's celebrate. And now you might appreciate this. The fundraise is kind of, it's it's the start. It's like when you get in front of all your family and friends and you're like, I'm getting married today. So let's celebrate that. But actually, that's the beginning of the relationship. That's not, you know, an end in and of itself. It's a celebration. It's not an end point. (laughs) Yeah, very true. And what mistake do you think founders make right after raising a round? Because as a CFO, if you are there and they just raise Series A or Series B, what, what should be the first step they should do? First thing they should do. So I think you want to take maybe a day or so to celebrate that victory, and you'll be getting a lot of laudatory messages when it's public. But really, you want to say, okay, how are we going to apply these funds? You probably have some idea of that already, but once that funding is secure, you want to take the time to think, okay, how are we going to go forward with all of our plans and both think of it in terms of externality, but also internal structure. That's my bias, of course, is how are you going to build a company around your plans? How are you going to really activate your vision? So you go from hallucination to reality and make it all come together. Very interesting advice. And yes, I I cannot agree that, yes, you need to first pause and think what is 
the the right way to implement this capital to get the most out of it and not just because i have seen so many times startups raise funding and then they just burn out because they take it for granted and then they don't have any growth to show to carry on the second round or or the round after that so they pretty much <laughs> die because they raise funding and they're not careful with it so what is the first change that you generally have to make as a COO and you go into a startup yeah so when i come in it's on a fractional basis so it's an active role it's an ongoing role in many cases but it's a fractional role so i have to open up my discussions with everyone describing my role why i'm there what i'm looking to accomplish but then i quickly move into asking questions what's going really well here what could be better what would you like to see done what is it that we're doing that we're not doing as effectively as possible and what's holding us back? And what are some of the dreams that you imagine that we could make reality, but for one or two things? And, and let's talk about how to solve that. That's really how I want to come in because there are already so many awesome ideas in most companies. It's yes. a question of prioritization and actualization. Yeah, you say that at some point we have to focus and the hallmark of any entrepreneur is too many ideas, too little time, <laughs> too little focus. <laughs> so yeah, that that's very cool. So how did you land all these all these jobs or opportunities? to be a fractional COO or CFO how do you because th that's not something that you ever see advertised yeah how, how did you end up in your roles that you're doing yeah no that's a great question so i started off by letting uh, people know that i moved into this it's funny i originally uh, a couple years ago thought i would be moving into my next full time role but i found a part time client who i just love the idea of working with them and in order to do that, I, I shifted gears in my head. And so I started saying to people, I'm available for part-time work and, and here's what I could do for you. I started with my inner network, I expanded with people who I knew less well, but I knew I could trust them. And now I've gotten to the point where I've done paid marketing and business development and networking, which of course now is mostly virtual, but those types of things that any other business would do. Yeah, that's... That's very cool. And where do you see in the next five years, where do you see the opportunities lie for yourself as well as in the tech startup sort of ecosystem? Sure. So in tech startups, there's huge opportunity. This year has been a blessing in disguise, if you will, for tech yeah. startups. So many IPO possibilities next year, so many companies proving their value, so many companies finding resilience and ad adaptability so that they're able to persevere persevere through these times and really put themselves in a strong position for 2021. I think there's just so many opportunities in technology. It's amazing and exciting. For myself, I hope to be part of that ecosystem even more in the future. So I'm looking at things like groups for founders, where we get together up to five founders and we pick topics around leadership, growth, sales and marketing, so that they have an opportunity to sound off on their burning issues. And we can come together and collaborate on practical solutions and best practices. 
And then from there, I want to look at ways that I can apply some of the solutions that have worked across companies in a way consistently with many companies. Sometimes the solutions are unique, but in other cases, there are common themes. And I want to see if there's a way to delineate those common threads in a way that's applicable for many startups to find valuable. Yep. So would that be like a, like a SaaS product or would that be a product or would that be just a consultation basis? Yeah, so it's interesting. I'm still getting my arms around if it's more of an educational approach or a product approach. On the finance side, there's some rigor to processes and systems, but I also think there are a number of products to address those. On the operation side, there's so many variables. You're looking at uh, the team, the market, the current context, the politics of any given country or multiple countries, that it's interesting to think, is there going to be a solution that would apply for most startups? And I'm trying to get my head around that because it's a good thought exercise whether or not it ends up in a product. Yeah, that's very cool. And you just talked about this group. That sounds like a very interesting idea. How does someone who's interested in it can join that group or find out more about it? Yeah, certainly. There's a landing page on the website, www.webuildscalegrow.com, and it's called Founders Groups. You can learn more about them there. And at the bottom is the chance to begin your application. Oh, that's really good to hear. There are these three questions that I ask nearly every founder or investor or VC or and, and so on. And that is, is there a book that you are reading right now? Yeah, so I'm looking at several books, but if I'm going to use this as a platform to recommend one, I think I would uh, rely on the book Peak. It talks about performance in all situations, whether you're a professional athlete, a business leader, a school teacher. It talks about how to really push yourself past your plateaus and reach the next level. And how do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's being open to uh, feedback from different sources. Even uh, highly paid professional athletes all have coaches Coaches. and trainers. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of found up, uh, sorry, startup founders have coaches as well. And other people in life, maybe you can't afford that person directly, but you can find a person within your organization or in a peer group that can push you to the next level because we all need that. Absolutely. We all of us need that. And I cannot stress the value of a good mentor or a coach or or whatever, or a guru, whatever you want to call them, but someone who can give you that honest feedback, just as you said earlier on, on that, if you're being a jerk in a bar, you want someone to tell you the truth so you can improve (laughs) because sometimes you cannot see yourself like how others can. (laughs) Yep. Very cool. Is there a podcast that you listen to or, or a YouTube videos that you follow of a YouTuber or something like that? Yeah. So in the podcast space, I listen a lot to Tim Ferriss, The Art of Manliness, This American Life, and some of the ones more related to the industry, like 20 Minute VC, just to get that flavor as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And finally, if you had unlimited time, resources, and money, what would you build or what would you work on? I can honestly say I would keep doing this. 
I would travel a little more. I, I love seeing different places and getting that perspective. But over the years, I've learned that traveling is a parallel process for pushing myself to learn more. Because you go to a new country, you have to figure out the culture, the language, how things really work. And then you start to see, oh, there's a different way to do something that I've always thought there's only one way to do. So I'd love to do more traveling, but I do enough to satisfy that urge. And I I can happily say that I really dig into what I'm doing now. And I'm sure I would do more investing. That's another thing with those unlimited funds. But otherwise, I'd stay the course. That is great. By the way, talking about traveling... When the world opens up and all that, you're most welcome to New Zealand. I'll show you around when you're here. So, Sam, yeah. I can't wait. It's on my list. It's <laughs> actually on my list for 2022. So hopefully we'll be completely clear. I'm going to go over there. Yeah, I might yeah. visit that neighbor to the north as well. But yes, I'd love to come out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really um, good to talk with you. Finally, do you have ask? are you looking for anything? Are you looking for more companies to join as a fractional CFO, COO, or looking for users, investors, anything? Sure. I love talking with startups about the problems they're facing and whether I can solve them directly or indirectly through resources, referrals, uh, et cetera. I just love those conversations. So if you're a founder and you're struggling with an issue and you just want to toss it out there, I'm happy to talk. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you so much for your time. I'll put all the links, including We Build Scale Grow and to your LinkedIn and your social media platforms and all that underneath the description, wherever this goes. Thank you once again and best of luck with all the things that you do. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. I appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.